when I get to the end of that time, it's like, it wasn't necessarily that I didn't have any more goals for the organization, but I looked at it and I was like, man, we've done so much, you know? And I'm like, the organization's true strength is its volunteers and the people who help. I'm like, I think it's time for someone else to step up to the plate and, and take this thing to the next level. Hello, and welcome to the Physical Preparation Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Robertson, and I'll be joined on the line later today by Scott Caulfield. Now, before we jump into this week's episode, I want to give you a quick recap of the week that was, what's new in my neck of the woods, and I think the highlight of last week was running my kids' camp. Definitely enjoyed it. We had five kiddos enrolled, so really kind of a sweet spot as far as number. I probably could have done a few more. But having five was a really good mix. I had Kindle in there and then, believe it or not, two different sets of twins. So that was quite interesting. But, man, we had a lot of fun, worked on a lot of fundamental movement skills, working on throwing, kicking, catching. You know, we did some sport-specific stuff where we played basketball. Uh, We worked on volleyball. So, man, just a lot of fun. But I think definitely the highlight of that was playing Battleship, which, uh, as the children describe it, It's kind of like safe dodgeball (laughs) is the best way to describe it because you've got cones that you're aiming for. And, you know, since we were working on throwing and kicking, your goal is to basically hit over the other team's cones. If you catch it, you get to not put a cone back up. Excuse me. So it's a lot of the elements of dodgeball without throwing it at people's faces and getting injured. So it was a great time. Really enjoyed that. I think all the kids had a blast. Definitely looking forward. I don't know if I'm going to end up running another one this year simply because the timing of it. We're running out of summer. uh, And there's basically the week that I had it lined up is like the last week before school starts. So I don't know if I'm going to squeeze it in. I just don't know if we'll have any interest as people are trying to get last minute things done before school starts, going on trips and vacations. But definitely a success and definitely something I'm looking to do more in the future. So I had that. Got some good training sessions in myself. Don't know if you follow on the Instagrams, but trying to post some stuff from my training sessions here recently. I got a fellow iFaster or a former iFaster, Mike Camperini, writing my programs right now. Just really nice. And I think a lot about programming. I'm spending a lot of time writing programs right now. Frankly, I just wanted something fresh that I didn't have to write for myself. And, and Mike's a very sharp guy. Obviously had him on the podcast here a couple of weeks ago. So he's been writing my program, really enjoying that. It's different, fresh, improving my movement quality. So love where that's going. And I feel like that's really feeding my coaching as well because it's just stimulated some new thought, made me reconsider some things that I've been doing with people or just you know constantly evaluating. And I think that's one of the great things about being around, whether it's a guy like Campo or being around Tall Dave at iFast or Eric or Bill, when you're constantly surrounded by good people, it makes you constantly want to level up what you're doing. So just feel like a lot of the the people that I'm working with right now are seeing really nice changes with regards to their movement, with regards to their on-court or on-field performance. So just really enjoying coaching right now, man. I mean, It feels weird saying that considering I've been doing this 21 years now, but man, I still really enjoy it. I walked off the floor today. I mean, here we are. It's the the 5th of July, right? So deep into our our summer workouts, you know, stayed up late last night for all the 4th of July festivities, man, just had some really good sessions this morning. So, I mean, stuff like that keeps me invigorated, keeps me engaged. And when I see the guys and gals that I work with getting results, that makes me want to just keep going even more. So Definitely enjoying all that. The weekend was great. Beautiful weekend here in Indianapolis. I mean, like mid-70s, a couple days. So went downtown, had dinner Saturday night, went to an Indy 11 game. First one we've been to all year. Unfortunately, they could not get the win. But still, it was just great getting out with the family and enjoying a beautiful night out. The fourth was very chill, grilled out, hung out with the neighbors, did our best to... (laughs) Just went to all this labor and time. She made these beautiful like steak kebabs. And so I put them on the grill. I mean, just amazing. Everything was fresh cut. So fresh onion, fresh red pepper, 
fresh pineapple, grill it all up. I mean, it tastes amazing. And the kids were like, eh, eh, it's okay. They wanted the hot dogs that I grilled instead. So, you know, whatever floats their boat, I had leftover steak kebabs for myself today. So that was nice. But if you're in the States, I hope you had a safe and happy fourth. If you're not in the States, that's totally cool too. I still love you anyway and appreciate you listening. So that's last week. This week, pretty booked up, man. The the coaching's a little bit lighter because I got a couple people out for travel. Ed is traveling. Dakota is actually with the Team USA Select team, which is pretty cool. So you've got your whatever Olympic team that's going to go play in Tokyo and play basketball. But then you have the Select team, which are the young men that get to go and basically train against the men's team every single day and practice and compete against them. So huge opportunity for him. Uh, not only to get seen, to get noticed, but also just to learn and to get experience playing against some of the best basketball players in the world. So very excited for Dakota. Beyond the coaching, I'm doing a podcast with the Kettlebell Kings and Living Fit crew. I'm excited to do that. It's a huge opportunity and a very big audience there. So pumped to do that. I fast you Q&A call. I've got Three more podcasts I have to get recorded to get us through our summer break. So I've got Ben Eisenmarger. Um, No, I just butchered his last name, Eisenminger. I'm going to have to figure that one out. But professional strongman, very excited to get him on there. Or I don't know if even professional is the correct term, but a very high-level strongman. So excited to have somebody new on the show and somebody that represents a different section of our fitness industry. So I'm excited to talk to Ben. I've got... Dan Poneman and Jelani, I don't even know Jelani's last name, Brown. (laughs) That's pretty bad. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But Dan and Jelani are two agents that I work with in the basketball space. Very excited to have them on because I think it's going to give you kind of an insider's view into what being an agent really means, what it looks like. It is not what you would think if you've watched Jerry Maguire. Maybe there are elements of that in other sections of the world, but man, Dan and Jelani are just two of the most down-to-earth dudes I think I've ever met, and we've got a great relationship. I'm excited to just learn more about what they do, so I'm going to play very much the the curious podcaster or podcast host role with them, but excited to have them on. I'm going to do a solo show, so I've got some really good podcasts coming out for you here the next couple of weeks. Excited for that. And then definitely looking forward to going to a movie. It felt kind of weird. The whole family booked it. Uh, But yeah, this Friday, we're going to go check out the new Black Widow movie. Just excited to go to an actual movie theater, sit in a movie theater, and watch a movie. So a little bit longer than usual, but like I said, lots of good stuff going on in my neck of the woods. I hope you can say the same. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to jump into this awesome, awesome episode with my guy, Scott Caulfield. Are you tired of struggling with sore or achy knees? Is knee pain keeping you from performing the activities you enjoy, either in the gym or just in life? And would you like to build a set of pain-free and healthy knees once and for all? If so, let's talk about my Bulletproof Knees online coaching program. You see, almost 15 years ago, I released my Bulletproof Knees manual as a resource to help people restore their knee function and get back to living their lives. And even though people were still purchasing the manual and getting great results up to a year or two ago, I decided to take it off the market because it no longer reflected my current approach to knee health and knee training. But it seems like lately I don't go a single day without coming across someone who is in or has had knee pain. Some are elite level athletes in the NBA, MLS, or NFL who need to perform at the highest level day in and day out. Others are simply gen pop folks who want to train pain-free or be able to play with their children or their grandkids. And that's why I'm taking my Bulletproof Knees coaching program and I'm taking it on. Because when done well, this is a scalable training system that can be applied to virtually anyone regardless of their goals. Now keep in mind, just because I have principles that underpin this system, this is not some cookie cutter program where everyone gets the same watered down training template. When you train with me, you're getting a customized and tailored training program that is geared towards your body and helping you achieve your goals. So if you're interested in getting your knees moving and feeling great again, please send me an email at mike at robertsontrainingsystems.com with the words bulletproof knees coaching in the subject line. 
I'll get back to you with all the details and we can get started as soon as you're ready. But please don't wait as I'm only taking a select number of clients in this program. Again, send that email to mike at robertsontrainingsystems.com with the words bulletproof needs coaching and we'll get started ASAP. Scott Caulfield is currently the Director of Strength and Conditioning at Colorado College. Prior to his time there, he spent 11 years as the Head Strength and Conditioning Coach and Coaching Education Manager for the NSCA. In this show, Scott and I take an insightful look into his career in the physical preparation world. We talk about what originally led him to strength and conditioning and how he got his start. We talk about why he eventually moved to the NSCA and spent a great deal of time rebuilding its roots and making it a gathering place for coaches. And last but not least, we talk about why he's since moved back into coaching and why he's still excited to get up and coach every single day. I really enjoyed this look at Scott's career, and I think you will as well. But enough for me. Let's do this. Scott, man, thanks so much for coming on the show here today. Really excited to have you on. Could you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thanks, Mike. I know we've been talking about doing this for a long time, so really appreciate us finally getting the schedules together. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's been a wild ride. I feel like I've done a little bit of everything in the strength and conditioning slash fitness profession. Like a lot of people, I started out kind of personal training first or just getting into fitness and not really knowing, you know, what I didn't know. Got my bachelor's in physical education. It was a non-teaching track. So I was kind of, you know, I would have had to stay an extra year to do student teaching and be a PE teacher and I had taken some other courses, you know, at the time in undergrad, like more learning and different nutrition, kind of foundational exercise science stuff. And and then I just thought I'd, I'd always worked at gyms. Funny, like even back, I had a part-time job, just like cleaning equipment to have a free gym membership. So like that was kind of always in the back of my mind. I don't think I realized until I got out of college that it could be a full-time job. And actually I was I had graduated from college. I had gone in the Navy, went back to college, graduated. I was actually only working part-time at a gym. I was working at mailboxes, et cetera, full-time. And I was, my side hustle was at the gym that was local in town. And just one day, finally, the general manager came up to me um, and who's a good friend of mine now, mentor. Um, and he was like, Hey man, you really like this. You're passionate. People like you like, why don't you just come on and do this full time instead of doing these two things at the same time? And so that was really what started it. And that was like working the fitness floor, doing all the basic stuff. But that led me to getting certified as a personal trainer and starting getting personal training and meeting more people. And, you know, somewhere along the lines there, I had met some people who had, you know, were farther along in their career than me and were like, well, you know, if you want to train athletes, you got to check out this NSCA thing. <laughs> this organization has a certification and, and they know more about it than we do. Well, they're basically right. just saying, yeah, go. So that led me down kind of a rabbit hole, you know, checking out the journals. And, and uh, I, I'd actually also found out about Elite FTS through them because that was back when Dave used to advertise in the SCJ. And oh, yeah. So I used uh, some of his old ads. And so that really led me into a lot of the, you know, kind of, where I learned a lot of this stuff in back in the day and, and, you know, probably stumbled onto you and Martin Rooney and a lot of people who have, who I've known now for over a decade and stuck with. Um, but that really snowballed, you know, getting a little more involved in finding out of, about what training athletes was all about. Um, so I just started at my gym trying to get more involved. So I ran my own summer camp, which was called just summer strength conditioning camp for like, uh, sixth grade to 11th grade, you know, trying to get more kids involved basically. So I could just do what I wanted to do right. at the facility. And it was in a whole market that wasn't even, you know, looked at back those in the early two thousands, it was still pretty new, especially in a place like Vermont. So that's another thing. I grew up in central Vermont. Um, I always joke around that like Vermont's, you know, kind of two to five years behind everywhere else in the country. <laughs> so when something is hot somewhere else, like we, we get it up there uh, after the fact, but it was great. Um, 
that gym was really fun and it was a good experience. Uh, that guy, Dave Piquel, who was the general manager and he was a hockey coach. And so he was coaching was just in his blood. So he really supported me a lot and was huge. Just trying to keep me in doing things and obviously helping the business. But, you know, that led me down the road of getting finding out more people who are strength coaches and all right, what are these people doing? How do, how do they do it? And, you know, I found Paul Goodman, who was at the University of Vermont at the time, and he was actually the NSCA Vermont State Director. In my initial, like, meeting, I tracked him down at, like, an NSCA National Conference and, like, and just, uh, like, awkwardly cornered him somewhere and basically, you know, talked him into letting me, like, shadow or volunteer up at UVM, and, and that kind of led to us becoming really good friends and uh, he mentored me in strength and conditioning. I was into strongman contest back in the day and I got him into doing strongman. It was really cool. Um, and that just continued to evolve. You know, I, I met some other people through the NSCA state clinics in Vermont and, um, Jen Poljasic, who was another big mentor of mine. She ran a place called the river Valley club, which was down in Hanover, New Hampshire. Mm. And so that was a place that I went down and ran their kind of sports performance center, which was basically like an old basketball court. They turned into a gym with a strip of turf and some racks. And so I ran that for a few years, but while I was there, um, I had, I got involved with Dartmouth college too. And so I was volunteering with the football team and I was doing personal training and regular clients, athletes. And, yeah, I mean, back when you think back at some of the some of those days, it's like, I can't believe I did that, like running, you know, from the football lifts at six and setting up at five, whatever, dark 30, and then training those guys till eight or nine and running up and hitting your regular clients and still finding time to train or read something. And it was great, though, at the River Valley Club, they had an outdoor swimming pool until I would be out uh, that week. They were, they joked those my office hours would be like one to three out by the pool in the afternoons, <laughs> which was either like just recharging or taking a nap outside in the lounge chairs. And yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yep. And so that was really cool. I mean, that led to a lot, you know, of, of just kind of getting more involved. And then Paul Goodman, who was at Vermont, actually took over as the Chicago Blackhawks NHL team strength coach. And he's still there as the head strength coach, I think three Stanley Cups later. Um, he's been awesome, still a great friend and mentor. Um, but when he left, he was like, hey, uh, they need a new Vermont state director. So I had sent in a resume and whatnot, and I became the Vermont state director for NSCA. And so that really led me to being more and more involved in the organization running events, just networking, going to the conferences, you know, meeting other people who kind of just like saw that I was interested and were like, Hey, come hang out, you know, come, right. come to the bar after come to this, come eat dinner with us. And so it was very grassroots. And like, that's, I think why I've stayed so involved with the organization is just like the people who kind of took me under their wing and, and showed me the way I felt like I owe the, you know, the same to pass along to them. Um, and it really did like, you know, I think the, obviously the connections I made uh, led to me probably, you know, being able to get the position at NSCA headquarters. So in um, January of 2011, I went out to NSCA headquarters. Education coordinator was my title. And uh, we sat in, on the second floor of the building and coached maybe three hours a week or something. And, you know, wore business casual outfits. And <laughs> I was like, what the hell did I do? Like, why, why did I leave the coaching work job to do this? You know, and, and let me long story short, in about six months after I'd been there, uh, I got promoted to the performance center manager and head strength coach. And so I was in the weight room every day. And I mean, still a bigger picture, like NSCA wide, you know, they, they, had kind of gotten away, and I don't think anyone would argue this fact, they had gotten away from strengthening conditioning coaches, right, which yep. was the core. The organization grew. It's still growing. It's huge. It serves a ton of different people. Some people don't like that. Some people do. I think it's one of the great things about the organization is the diverse groups that you have within it. But, you know, they had. They had gotten away from strengthening conditioning coaches and Boyd Epley, who's obviously a legend and the founder of the NSCA, was back at NSCA headquarters at that time. Um, and John Jost, who was a director at Strength Initiative at Florida State, 
was on the board of directors and they basically were like, Scott, you need to be the guy that connects with all the strength coaches. Like they need to know who you are so that if they need something, whether it's to complain about something or they need help with something or whatever it is, they need to know that you're the guy. And so they, they really pushed me outside of the comfort zone. Cause I was like, ah, like, I don't know. Like I'm good in the weight room. Right. right. Like, I don't know about this. Like put me up on stage, uh, announcing awards or, you know, doing all these PR things or it was definitely pushing me outside the comfort zone. But when I look back on it now and how it evolved, it's probably the best thing that ever happened for the organization and myself as well. You know, the network that I've grown now from that time uh, is really amazing. And when I look back at the relationships and friendships I built over, stayed there close to not, close to a decade and I really just left and took this role here at Colorado College in the fall of 19, kind of right before the pandemic. And actually, they had, CC had reached out to me. They called me at the national conference, and they were kind of in a pinch because two of their strength coaches had left. They were like, we kind of, we're changing the position. We need someone interim. And so my full intention was just to come over here and be interim and just do a few weeks and then go back to my gig um, NSCA, but after I'd been here for a little bit, I was just back in the trenches and around the athletes. We just have such great student athletes here, and I was like hooked. And I'm like, you know what? I should just stay here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the law. That's the short version of a crazy long story. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. And and I mean, we've talked about this numerous times, but your journey is so unique. And I feel like one of the things that I enjoy about this show is just being able to talk about like the career fair, right? Like these are all the unique things you can do in our industry. So one thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, you've obviously spent time in the public and the private sector. I'd love to hear your, your thoughts or maybe the aspects that you liked and maybe you disliked about working in each environment. I liked having regular people. I know some people like I talk to or just, you know, sorry, some coaches will be like, I could never train regular people. You know I mean? One of my, still one of my favorite clients still of all time is, is a guy named Bob Haynes who's passed now, but he was 86 or 87 at the time. And he was a fireball, man. He just <laughs> cracked me up and like complained about most things that I made him do, but he, it was such a blast. Like, you know, giving him, he giving him the best part of his day. And so I think, I mean, I like flexibility of kind of being able to make your own schedule with your own clients and, you know, depending where you are, you know, the flexibility is greater, but, you know, I really liked the way that my schedule, even when I was working crazy hours at Dartmouth and training, still being able to have my workout time or pool time or whatever time that was, you know, right. um, and in college athletics, it's different, you know, at Colorado college, we're on the block plan, which means um, that you have a basically one class for a concentrated block of three and a half weeks and then you're done with it. So like every fourth week they have Monday through Wednesday classes and then they have like finals or papers due on Wednesday and then they have a four day weekend. Mm. So like even us as staff, we love block break. Like we're like, yeah, block break. Right. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> and here as well, everyone has class at the same time. So it's not like there's not a revolving door where you could have athletes coming in every single hour of the day we know that basically from 9 to 12 9 to twelve thirty, people are going to be in class or eating lunch and so we have those nice chunks of time that we can get stuff done oh, have office hours go run errands yeah so i think you know honestly i like the flexibility of both and the differences in the flexibility of both arenas <laughs> yeah for sure for sure so one thing i'm so intrigued by is you know you obviously had a an incredibly successful career as a coach. And then, like you said, you take this job with the NSCA, right? And so I would love to hear some insight into your thought process and maybe the goals that you had for yourself or for the organization when you took that position. For us at headquarters, at NSCA headquarters at the time, it was very much about re-engaging strength and conditioning coaches and and one of the big things that I was always adamant about too was improving the membership benefits because you know because I in full disclosure before I became the state director I was 
very close to dropping my membership like a lot of people do and just keep your certification because right. I didn't really see the value in the membership itself. So the the resources that having a membership for $120 or whatever a year got you. And so I think we made a lot of strides in pushing those resources between we had a basics of strength conditioning manual. There was some other courses that we did, some of the events that I did, like the training for hockey and the combat sports clinic that really Andy Galpin and Lauren Lando and I together kind of spearheaded um, and that were just took off during that time. So those were huge for me. Again, I didn't, I didn't anticipate like to be that point of contact for all the coaches, but it, you know, it, it happened naturally and, and right. like, yeah, it was funny. Even I remember Boyd, like we were walking the AFCA, the American football coaches conference one year. And he was like, yep. He's like, you know, you're, you're going to be the guy. He's like, you got to be the next Boyd Epley. And I was like, whoa, like don't even say those <laughs> things in the same. That's not even like real deal. But he's like these, but he was like, you know, there's going to be a point when these people know you and they don't know who I am, you know, and, and, it, and it was just surreal to have someone like that saying that to you. But again, it was him, you know, introducing me to people, pushing me out the door. That's the person you contact. And, and we did a lot. We, we had partnerships with the NBA strength coaches, major league baseball had been established prior to me, but it never had taken off like it has with us being at winter, winter meetings every year getting more involved again with all those professional organizations. So, you know, and I think as, as you talk about like evolving or knowing, you know, as toward a, when I get to the end of that time, it's like, it wasn't necessarily that I didn't have any more goals for the organization, but I looked at it and I was like, man, we've done so much, you know, and I'm like the organization's true strength is its volunteers and the people who help. I'm like, I think it's time for someone else to step up to the plate and, and take this thing to the next level, you know, and, and not that I couldn't have, but it, like, again, being back around athletes, recharge those batteries and really drew me that way. And, and I knew, I know there's so many great people that are involved with the organization and I'm like, somebody's going to take this job over and it's going to change. It's going to be different and they're going to run with it. It's going to be great. Right. And that's exactly what's happened. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And I think that's something that, like you said, and I don't think there's any hiding it when, when you approached me, when you took over kind of your position, you asked me to come speak at some events. I was kind of like, Ugh. like, I don't know, like, I don't enjoy NSCA events anymore because I wasn't in the research side. Like I was a coach, you know, and I feel like you did such a good job and everybody, it was literally like, there was this buzz that came back around the NSCA, like, no, wait, like this Scott Caulfield guy, like he's really trying to make this thing legit again. And I feel like it was very cool to see kind of that turning of the tide, so to speak, to where, hey, man, we can talk about research, but we're here for coaches, too. So I think that you need to hang your hat on that because that was like such a cool thing. And it made people excited to be a part of the NSCA again. Yeah, I think that was the biggest thing for me was was getting people back involved that all the people who and it's a blessing and a curse, right? Because I joke around and I talked to him this morning for about half an hour and Joe Ken and I just had some, but when I was at NSCA headquarters, you know, his, he, he, he would always let me know how he felt like he oh, yeah. to everybody, but yeah, but like, you know, it was awesome. And like, I didn't know him from anybody. And, you know, to me, like he's an icon Yep. and I'm this new guy at NSCA headquarters and, you know, we'd become close friends now over that time period and and just like those times and and he was huge like because he would give me the insight he would tell me exactly what he thought and yeah and and a lot of the time he's right on the money you know sometimes yeah. you gotta gotta pull him back a little but like <laughs> yeah he he sees the big picture and he's been a member since 1986 he's been a state director for three different states like only person to win two uh coach of the year awards the pro in college like i mean got to keep those people engaged and if yeah. you start losing those people that's when you're in big trouble so i think that was huge to you know and then just some other little things like right that people don't think about if you let your cscs slip right or lapse you know there i think there was a time period when the answer was just 
oh, they got to take it again, you know, and I, and I worked hard from the inside to be like, look, there's got to be a better like answer. And, and, you know, and we were able to let people, you know, if you could prove that you did the continued education, that you could get it reinstated and not just sit for the exam again. And that was huge in engaging a lot of old time strength coaches or people who had gone away from the organization and, and, and to be able to, you know, just have that little kind of meet them halfway, even if it's not really halfway, but like throw them a little bit of a bone instead of yeah. just saying, nope, you got to take tests. You got to take tests. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. Okay. So again, you spent like 10 years there, really in a lot of ways, kind of rebuilt the organization, kind of molded it in a way that I think for coaches was very advantageous to you. Were there any accomplishments or maybe big wins that really stood out to you? Um, I think the biggest ones probably for me is the amount, uh, you know, the, the collaboration and partnership with the major league baseball strength coaching association, the PBS CCS, everybody's got their acronym, uh, and right. the NBA strength coaches, the NBSCA. Um, those two were big ones renovating the headquarters weight room. That was a big mm-hmm. one in 2016. So, you know, got to be the spearhead of that facility renovation and, and, you know, kind of leave my mark on that was really cool. And then, like I said, I think, you know, just when I talk to people and they reflect the, you know, or give me, you know, thank me or, you know, know of me from, from hearing from someone like you were kind of saying of this buzz that was about it. And because there were so many more people obviously behind me and, you know, pushing me to the front to help me do that. But that was just a really cool part of it because, you know, I wasn't looking for any sort of accolades or recognition, but, you know, to be recognized as, you know, being a kind of a key player in that is a really cool accomplishment to me. Okay. So totally off script here, but something I just (laughs) thought of when you put these big events on, how much time and energy does it take to do a national conference or a coach's conference? Like how much time and energy does that take? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. It's, you know, you know, obviously uh, at NFCA HQ, Virginia Meyer, who's the conference director is, is doing all of the non-sexy way behind the scenes, <laughs> crazy work. And, and then you've got a conference committee and then, but you know, you've got a, you've got a staff of NFCA HQ staffers that we bring 40 people or 50 people to run the event. And, you know, at those events, like I think, you know, I didn't get to nearly hang out and spend time with people the way I used to like to when I was, you know, just a member going to them because, <laughs> you know, at those events and people, you know, some people know this because they see it. Some, most people don't like the NSCA staff is up at 6 a.m. every day for a morning meeting. You're usually up till midnight or so. And that's if you don't choose to go out and hang out with your friends afterwards, you know, right. kind of putting the final touches on everything from our side, from the coaching education side, my job was like setting up all the speakers, uh, the people who introduce and moderate the sessions. So it was making sure that every session had someone who was going to give them the time checks, someone who was going to intro, and that might be a different person getting that schedule coordinated for, you know, however many talks there are each hour and having all those pieces of the puzzle in place. Um, it's crazy. I don't, you know, I don't think that people, unless they've done it, have any idea how like a national level event like that goes off and then doing again, like the keynote speaker and giving awards. And, you know, that was by another cool thing, getting to kind of be the MC of the coaches conference and give the awards away. You know, they never really had a strength coach doing that. It would, it would have been somebody else. So that was a really cool thing that we kind of changed and that they've stuck with. Right. So the tactical uh, head tactical manager does that the tactical show personal training has one that personal trainer manager that does it at there. So it was a really cool evolution to turn some of those processes into little things that made a big impact. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Definitely. The most people I've ever seen in a room was when Stuart McGill spoke in Vegas one year. And I just clearly remember thinking, holy crap, first off, I have to go after Stuart McGill, right? I'm talking about core training after Stuart McGill. And uh, yeah, just looking out. And and if you've ever been to one of those events, like there's so many lights 
so you can't right. see like beyond like three rows so i'm like maybe everybody yeah. left or maybe like i don't know like but i just know i got to go after Stuart mcgill and i was like holy crap that's pretty cool so yeah 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 i remember one year i had to cut off i, I was moderating tom mislinski in the jacksonville jaguars <laughs> yeah and i was like i was scared to death i was just like oh my god this guy's like six six and he's huge he played in the nfl right like if i if he goes over he's gonna smash me like a grape right and like and just classic milo he's so sharp and he's so dialed in he got up did his spiel saw at one point his alarm must have gone off that he set at the end stops his alarm thank you everybody if you have any questions i'll be out in the hallway to take your questions marched out and like it was like wow. holy wow yeah boss <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome man okay so <laughs> this like amazing 10 or 11 year run right you're running the education arm you're killing it with the nsca now you go back into tr like true full-time snc what prompted you to make that move and you talked a little bit about like the NSCA and maybe letting somebody new take the reins there. What prompted you or drew you back into coaching? Yeah, it really was. It was the, it was 100% the, the athletes here. I would say that initially, um, like we were talking before you started rolling though, just some other X factors, right? You can't really, it's hard to put a number on it. It's hard to consider in when you're looking for a job or thinking about a new job. But um, you know, I live, two miles right now from campus. I also can bring my dog to work every day. So she comes with me, hangs out in the office, hangs out in the training room with injured kids, hangs out in the weight room when people are lifting, you know, but you know, first and foremost though, it was just being around those student athletes and the kids here at Colorado college are so great. We have two division one programs and 15 division three teams. And I, I mean, every athlete that I know here is just a good human being. So it was like, they hooked me first and then all these other things started falling into place. I mean, kind of the backstory we didn't talk about. So Colorado College Hockey actually trained at an SCA headquarters from about 2003 or four when the building was built mm -hmm. until they started hiring strength coaches. So we had, we actually, the first team that I had at an SCA headquarters was Colorado College Hockey. Oh, that's cool. Because... Yeah, so it was a partnership that they had had long established beforehand. So I was there. So I was actually the CC hockey strength coach from 2011 to 15. In 2015, my job just got busier. And so I stepped down from doing that. They actually created another position at CC at that time. So now they had two strength coaches. And then in 19, again, when I decided to come over here full time, Luckily, because I had stepped down from hockey, I now had an assistant position to fill. Was able to hire someone really great, and so you know, just all these kind of things. I so again, when I was going through the interview process here, I knew ninety. I knew almost everybody on the committee. I knew almost all the coaches just from my involvement through the NSCA and the hockey team. So it was almost like I was coming. I was already kind of here. It was like, almost like I was an alumni. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was kind of funny, just because I felt like so comfortable, and then. You know, when like push came to shove in my final like in-person interview, even the AD was like, look, Scott, she's like half the people that we interviewed, phone interviewed before for this position, like had you as their one of their references. She's like, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, so like as no we're brainer. going through this thing, we're kind of like, wait a minute. <laughs> we can just have the guy. Why get yeah, some other guy? You yeah. can have the guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, there's just something about coaching. Godfather three is probably the worst. I mean, it's, it's not arguably, it is the worst Godfather movie, but like Al Pacino's line of every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. It's kind of like coaching, you know, like you get out for a little bit and you're like, damn, I missed that. I want to get back to it. And I just think there's, there's certain people that just have coaching in their DNA. It's in their blood, right? Yeah. Like you mentioned house, yeah. that dude's going to coach till he's dead. If you're, if you're passionate and you love helping people, like coaching is one of the, the best careers you can have. No doubt about it. Yeah, 100%. Okay, big question time, my guy. If you could <laughs> alter the space-time continuum and give young Scott Caulfield one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, man. Such a great, that's a tough question. One piece of advice. You know, 
mean, I might have gotten involved in it earlier. You know, I, yeah. I went to college. I went in the Navy. I went to college again, finished <laughs> college. I would have probably tried to get into like a GA or position like right out of undergrad and just get started sooner. But at the same time, I, you know, I, don't, I think everybody's path has a reason for a reason. Right. So like, right. I don't know, you know, but I would have liked to have known about it sooner. I think that would have like, again, I just didn't realize you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> right. So wait, so when did you actually like start coaching then? So school, Navy so, school. Yeah. Yeah. I grad, so I graduated undergrad when I was 30 and I really, I got my CSCS in 2003 when I was 33. Oh, wow. See, and that's great for people to hear because so many people listening to this, maybe they are considering this as like a second career, right? Oh yeah. yeah. So it's just great for people to hear like, oh my gosh, Scott did all these things and he didn't really start coaching until like you said, 33, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, no, I think I, yeah, I think that's a big one too. When I talk to people and say, you know, whether they're in the military, connect with that part of my story, but also that, you know, sometimes they're like, oh, you know, I don't know if I should, you know, do this or this is like starting over. And I'm, I'm always super positive about it. Like, I think it's, it's only growing. There's only more opportunity. If right. you ask me, I don't, I don't see the glass half empty. I see a glass half full. I see a lot of opportunity. Yeah. And not to mention the fact that generally, if you're in this space, you're serious about taking care of yourself and your own health. You're probably not the type that wants to retire at 55 anyway. You know what I mean? Like, so, hey, I'm going to start this at 35. Well, you're probably going to work 30 or 40 more years. Do you want to do something you don't enjoy or do you want to move into something now that you're passionate about? Exactly. Exactly. I love it. I love it, man. All right. So last but not least, we got our lightning round. Six. Fairly short questions. Your answer can be as long or short as you like. Okay. Number one, what's your career highlight so far as a coach or educator? I think this is pretty easy for me. So in 2014, I got to work with the Paralympic sled hockey team because USOC and and NSCA are so close to in town here. Um, But Scott Rewald, who is a director of uh, high performance for all the winter sports at the USOC, they were too busy with their other strength coaches that year. So they contracted and had me run the training program for about six, uh, maybe it was eight to 10 weeks before the Sochi Paralympic games. Oh, wow. I got to work with a uh, Paralympic sled hockey team uh, who went on to win the gold medal. They probably would have won it without my help. But <laughs> it was just like working with those guys. I worked with them kind of from like January up until they left for the games. It was just awesome. Like, guys that were in either wounded warriors or had injuries from birth or whatever. Uh, and they were just awesome. And so they were, you know, sometimes it was, you were making stuff up on the fly or you had an yeah. idea of what a movement was going to look like. And, and they would be like, all right, uh, you know what, if we do it like this, you got to put that there. And then I got to go over here. They were just super great to work with, but you can't have a bad day working with people like that because yeah. they're not, they're not feeling sorry for themselves. They're not down. Like it was just, it was inspirational. And and some of them too, it's great. Cause I'm still connected with those guys. Actually one of them is a personal trainer and involved in fitness himself now. So it's just really cool to still be connected with some of those guys still. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Okay. Number two, you put on, I think this is fair to say a lot of seminars over the years. So what I want to know yeah. is one or two of your favorite presenters and why you enjoyed them. And the only caveat here is you can't name me because that would be obvious. I would be honest. <laughs> right. That would be a clear choice. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I love Vegas. Uh, and I've been mainly to Vegas only for NSCA events or other conferences. So okay. I, <laughs> when I talk to people and I'm like, yeah, I love Vegas. I think they like probably think I'm clubbing and, right. and hitting the tables. And it's not very un- <laughs> very farthest from the truth i think it's a great city uh and i have been there a couple of times for fun and so okay. i do like that but you know the other one and when i saw that question pop up you sent it to me i think i put indy as one of my favorite places oh because, nice yeah because you've got nifs there like yeah I love hitting nifs up everything's walkable it's just a great city and then presenters you know Martin Rooney, I've gotten to know really well. He's a dynamic presenter. Yep. Um, and the, the, like I said, engaging the people like 
getting Joe Ken, who, you know, would, would just bust my balls to no end all the time, <laughs> you know, and Andrea Hootie was another person that I got to be great friends with, mm. um, was now back at UConn, which was huge. So, you know, I think a lot of the people, um, a lot of people that are just really open and willing to help other people and share information were honestly my favorite, like, presenters because I just knew you know there's some of them that would that would stay out in the hallway and answer questions for like six hours if if people were going to ask them and they didn't think twice about it you know just like that kind of real open sharing and caring about other people like was just really the the people that I'm drawn toward yeah no I love it man all right so that actually covers two that's great okay so number four (laughs) what are you most excited about with your job these days uh, I mean, I think I'm still most excited about being around the athletes, you know, helping them get better, trying to trying to win games. I think that's been super exciting. You know, we we do we do I do have to add we have a seventy million dollar hockey arena that's going to be finished here in about a month or two. Oh, wow, that'll be nice. It's going up fast, so I've been building a new weight room in there, and it's going to be the first time that Colorado College has had a hockey rink on campus and it's in its history of the school so oh, wow. there's a lot of excitement so i think that's a really exciting thing and we've got a new hockey coach so we just hired a guy he was the uh, associate director at the university of michigan hockey his name is chris mayotte and uh, i think he's going to be awesome 38 years old he's just fired up and he's going to get after it so new hockey coach new arena a lot of excitement on campus right now. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Okay, number five. <laughs> Dude, I hate to bring this up. I think I saw, are you rehabbing an injury, man? Yeah, yeah, what yeah. What happened? I, so, true, true team player that I am, our men's basketball team had a bunch of guys in quarantine for COVID. So, I filled in as the 10th man so that we could run some shell drill. So, I was, I was promised all-time offense. Okay. Didn't have to do anything else. It was actually the third time I had practiced with them. And I will say, just so everyone listening doesn't think this is meathead, just trying. I played basketball my whole life, played junior college, played men's league for 20 plus years. So right. like, that, I, I always joke around that doing strongman ruined my basketball career. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but long story short, third time I practiced with them, went to drive baseline and popped it man and uh that was the end of that so no. yeah, yeah. So how's it I, feeling i feel lucky that it's better now i'm on i'm on week two of being out of the boot and walking normal and being able to do pt now so okay game changer yeah, yeah. game changer but uh but it sucked for being non-weight bearing for people like us just is huh. not a good mix at all yeah that'd be miserable that'd be miserable yeah all right number six and last but not least what's next for scott caulfield man and that's a great question you know i will say i got involved with a little side hustle that i'm kind of excited about um as most strength coaches are into something on the side but uh i'm gonna pick up some part-time coaching and more coaching part-time coaching hours with uh future fit it's uh, oh yeah a lot of yeah no we had josh on josh bonatol yeah yeah yeah. so i've known josh forever uh i followed i've kind of kept an eye on him as he's journeyed through with uh uh, future and but aside from knowing him i've had like three former interns and then three really close friends who were coaches who left their coaching gigs to go you know to their other job to go to future full-time wow and i heard you know through the grapevine that they had part-time availability so i was like you know my schedule and i think this would work out so i'm kind of just doing that to do some side hustle stuff i think you know in the big picture i i have in my mind that maybe an assistant athletic director position over sports performance strength conditioning that'd be cool um is down the road too i think you know to be able to influence the big the the program wide and and yes. the collaboration of sports med and strength and conditioning and that that's another really cool thing I'll just mention quickly is I have a new partnership with Gatorade they have a program called the Gatorade Performance Partners and they came out with this new kind of subgroup called CAP and so there's only 10 of us uh there's three strength conditioning coaches and the rest are ATCs and RDs, mm-hmm. 10 of us total. And we're kind of piloting this captain's program for Gatorade. 
and you know the whole goal is just this interdisciplinary collaboration and so we're going to be beta testing some stuff we're going to be doing some speaking events and you know kind of pro just roundtable discussions and conference of speaking so you know i don't know i've got a lot of pokers in the fire apparently yeah. i haven't really thought about but it's all <laughs> it's all stuff in the wheelhouse and one of the other big things was coming here was still putting on more events so that was one of my goals in leaving the nsca was actually to be able to put on my own events you know yeah. and and whether it's colorado college or caulfield strength or whatever but like the pandemic obviously put a little pause on that but as things come back you know i'm really looking to do some cool stuff in colorado and and oh and i did take over as the nsca colorado state director so now <laughs> i have i got two states i got to get one more state in my career to tie joe ken or two to beat him so there you go there you go maybe <laughs> yeah. you could just like get like a vacation home somewhere and then you could work yeah, out of that yeah. state too you know Perfect. I love it. I, I love, love it. it. Well, man, Scott, it's been great to catch up with you here today. Where can my listeners find out more about you and all the great work you're doing? Uh, definitely follow me on Instagram at Coach Caulfield. Uh, I do have a website, CoachCaulfield.com, where I'm starting to get more put up there. But definitely Instagram is where I spend probably too much time at Coach Caulfield. <laughs> so check me out there if you haven't already message me. I, you know, I'm, I'm great. I really love connecting with people through social media. It's been a huge asset to me growing my career and, and helpful to, to helping me as a coach and a person. So I'm always trying to get back as best I can that way too. I love it, man. Well, again, Scott, thanks so much for coming on, buddy. It was really great to catch up. I appreciate it, Mike. Thanks for having me. All right, my friend, that does it for this week's show with Scott. Really hope you enjoyed it. He's a guy that I just have a tremendous amount of respect for, whether it's getting started a little bit late in his coaching career, the fact that he dove in to this whole thing headfirst, impressive. The fact that he put his coaching career on pause, went and worked at the NSCA, really brought it back to life, not just in my opinion, but in a lot of people's opinions. I mean, that is impressive because if you've been around the NSCA for an extended period of time, there was a period where we coaches really felt alienated. We felt like the organization was too far leaning towards the research side versus the coaching side. So we did a great job of striking that balance and making about both the coaching and the research. And then to get back in there, I mean, we talked about it in the show, but I feel like for some of us, coaching is is in your blood. It's in your DNA. And I think it's that way for Scott. I know it's that definitely, it's definitely that way for me as well. So again, hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please take two seconds out of your day and subscribe to the show. Wherever you consume podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you consume shows, go there right now and subscribe so that you know each and every week when a new episode drops. So my friend, as always, thank you so much for your support. Love and appreciate you. And we'll be back soon with our next episode. Take care.